Welcome to this episode of the Havas Chinam podcast, where our goal is to restore Yeshua as a Jewish Rebbe to the Orthodox Jewish community and to assist in the formation of Orthodox Messianic shuls here in Chicago and around the world. For more information, please visit our website at ahavaschinam.com for our latest YouTube videos, blogs, and as well as general information regarding our movement. You can also find us on social media by looking up our name. If you would like to support the work of our Karub organization, please visit our website and click the donate button at the top of the screen. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome. Uh, we're we're Ahavas Chem, and we are looking to start uh, a series on um, the midot on character development. And so, this is something that's very near and dear to our hearts, very near and dear to Yeshua's hearts as well. And so, something that we want to uh, start out with is there is an uh, a work written by an unknown author in the 15th century. It's called Orcos Zedekim, and it was. Um, uh, it's a, been a valuable work for the Musar movement ever since it was written in the 1500s in Germany. And so we want to go through it. We want to point out a couple of things that it talks about with different um, character traits, highlighting a different character trait each week until we finish the book. Um, we're expecting to be a year or, or maybe even a little longer um, until we're able to get through the entire book. And so um, Rivka has some uh, verses that are from Yeshua and uh, should uh, should sort of connect uh, Yeshua's teachings with the teachings of the Musar movement in Orchot Zedekim. And so I'll read a little bit from Orchot Zedekim. She'll read a little bit um, from Yeshua explaining um, where it's found and, and how it relates to what we're talking about a little bit as well. Um, I'll do that as well. Um, but we'll open up the book and this is in the first chapter. And um, it's the gate of pride. So we're going to be talking about pride tonight and working on the middle of pride. And in some places, we actually do need pride. We need pride to stand up to the evil. Um, but there is, but generally speaking, pride is a negative attribute that we find in our own souls that we need to root out. Um, and so I'll begin just sort of with the, the, the Musar uh, masters uh, gathered from this, the prouder spickle in the eyes of Hashem, as it is written in Mishlei 16.5, so he's quoting Mishlei 16.5, the abomination of Hashem are all who are proud of heart, and a proud man is given into the hands of his evil inclination. He does not receive divine assistance since he is the abomination of Hashem. And though he does not elevate himself above any man in speech or in deed, but only in his heart, he is still called an abomination, as it is written, the abomination of Hashem are all who are proud of heart. Though his pride exists in his heart alone, he is still called an abomination. A rabbi is taught, so to forbe, everyone who is haughty of spirit is as one who serves idols. As it is written in one place, in Mishlei 16.5, the abomination of Hashem are all who are proud of heart, and another, and do not bring an abomination into your house. There are others who say, it is as if he has relations with all those who are forbidden to him, as it is written. For all of these abominations they did, and there are others who say, it is as if he erected a provisional altar. They say further, all who are haughty of spirit in the end are diminished, as it is written. They are exalted a little, and he deserves to be uprooted as an Asherah tree, a, a tree devoted to idol worship. As is written in one place in 
Yeshua 1033, and the Hawaii of the stature shall be uprooted, and another Devarim 75, and their Ashros shall you uproot. And his dust will not awaken for the resurrection, and a Shekinah wails over him. And the Holy One blessed be he says, I and he cannot live together in the world, as it is written in Tehillim 101.5, the Hawaii of I and the broad of heart, him I cannot abide. Read it not him, but with him I cannot abide. And they said, the proud man is not even accepted by his own household, as it is written, the proud man shall not inhabit even his own habitation. And so we have something from the book of Yaakov. Wow. Our Christian readers may know it as the book of James. And um, Rivka is going to, to read from it. Okay. Uh, Yaakov <clears throat> states, but he, but he gives greater grace. Uh, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of Hashem, and he shall lift you up. So yeah, it's um, really getting into the idea that God hates um, the attribute of pride, um, especially when it's going to lift yourself up uh, above another person. Um, this idea of cleansing your hands, your sinners, and purify, purify your hearts, you double-minded. It's one of the first things we actually do in the morning is we wash our hands um, to purify ourselves from the evil spirit um, that attaches uh, uh, itself to our hands um, through the night. And so we want to um, be free from the spirit of pride uh, when we awake in the morning. And we want to humbly admit before God that it's him who gives us back our soul um, when we go to sleep. And so this is something that is incredibly important for um, that. It's the idea that um, humbling yourself and uh, turning away from pride um, helps guide you towards a life um, which will be lived in humility and service of Hashem uh, each and every one of your days. So it's one of the first things that we should do in the morning, washing our hands, um, submitting to the humility that Hashem uh, desires of us uh, and just note there, there there's also the prayer of modani you know which the whole point of that prayer is submitting yourself in the sense that you're thanking him that you didn't die the, you know at night you know you're you're able to wake up and you're able to serve him so you're you're humbling yourself even with that first prayer that you say not just with uh, washing of hands as well it's all it's mm. all kind of yeah. starting out in the same same thing. sense of right. humility before Shaman. Um, removing the prize that Hashem can move into your life. Um, and so I'll read another uh, another section of uh, of what we're talking about here. Um, These are just highlights. It's a lot just of highlights of this chapter on pride, right? So we're not getting into everything. It's a really great book for you to examine on your own. Um, so I'll get into and I'll read a little bit. Um, from a little later on in the chapter, um, this is page 43 and 45 um, in my Feldheim, Feldheim uh, copy. So um, for those of you who have that, um, this is where it is. Next evil inclination will attempt you to reveal your saintliness and good deeds before the populace with the rationalization that in doing so, you may cause them to emulate your deeds. This too proceeds from pride. Though we do find instances of great men praising themselves, as for example, in Megillah 28a, 
They did so only before their students and colleagues, so they would follow in their ways and emulate their deeds. This is certainly a misfit to cause good deeds to be beloved by them. But even in the presence of these, one must not rejoice in his heart, saying, this I know, or this I do. But in public, it is indeed forbidden to make such revelations. Even if you conduct yourself with humility and stand long in prayer and study Torah regularly, the evil inclination will tempt you to pride, saying, now those who see you will esteem and honor you for your goodly ways, and great benefit will result from this. Since they respect you, they respect your reproof and chastisement. All this is vanity. For when you do a good deed, do it for the sake of the blessed creator alone, and your reproof will be expected by, accepted by others, and if you do not think so. For the acceptance of reproof is not dependent on your thoughts. Um... So, and it continues, and if you have freed yourself of all this, the evil inclination will tempt you by saying, your divine service cannot be perfect until you have completely removed yourself from pride, as by consulting your good deeds and showing the opposite of what you really feel. Pray briefly, and when you wish to study something, do it privately, so that no one knows except the blessed creator, and let no good trait be seen in you, but perform your divine service in a casual manner, so you will not make a name for yourself, and you will lose your reward. And do not dictate the doing of good, nor exhort against the doing of evil. And do not reveal your wisdom, nor teach it to anyone besides you. And do not give any indication of your fearing Hashem, nor display any signs such as the film of Zeus or Sisis. But follow the customs of men, walk in their ways, and mingle with them, and eating and drinking, entertaining, luxuriating, and jesting. All this is the working of the evil inclination, to ensnare people in its net. And if one follows his course for the sake of the Mesa, his loss is thousands of times greater than his reward. He is like one escaping from a small fire into a big one. But the right course is to pray at length with concentration, to exhort uh, to the doing of good and against the doing of evil, and to do all of these good things, both in public and in private. So this is, uh, this reminds me of um, Matthew chapter six, uh, which talks a little bit about the idea of doing it in private um that what you do in private is uh important as well uh comes from matthew 6 we are practicing righteousness before others to be seen by them otherwise you will have no reward from your father in heaven so whatever you whenever you do tzedakah do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets so that they may be glorified by men and when i tell you they have the reward in full but when you do tzedakah do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your sadaka may be in secret and your father who is in secret shall reward you. <clears throat> when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners so they may be seen by others. Amen, I tell you, they have the reward in full. But you, when you go, when you pray, go into your inner room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret shall reward you. That's just a, there's a few other ones. As well. So I have a few uh, comments on that as well, right? Uh, we're going through Likuti Moharan as well. Um, the writings of the Breslov, Breslov Rebbe. And he says that um, in his works there, he actually says that prayer is one of the um, greatest things that you can do. And it's the practice of many of uh, the Bre of Breslov Hasidim to go into uh, the forest, to be alone and talk to Hashem uh, in your own words, and uh, this is, I'm not saying that uh, Yeshua was a Breslaver, but uh, I am saying that he did um, encourage the idea of Hidbadut, uh, to go into the forest, to go into 
um, dark place, uh, to go into dark places in your closets and things like that. And talk to Hashem with your own words to connect with him uh, to see what he's doing. Also to give Zadaka, we one of the big things that Yeshua really emphasizes here and also Orkazedekim is the intention. If you're doing it for the attention of uh, other men so that other men will say, oh, how wonderful you are at davening, how wonderful you are at giving Zadaka, you're such a righteous man um, that the evil inclination will get you to, to go and to take that, not to go to the other extreme where never you never pray with other people or you never teach toward other people. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. We're talking about toward other people. But the idea is that you don't do it so that you get glorified by others. Um, the idea is that you do it to honor Hashem and you do it to honor Hashem alone. And so that's very difficult to do because um, if you know Torah, if you have, if you've studied Torah, if you've uh, if you dive in um, often, then it becomes a very easy temptation for you to uh, seek to um, gain glory from others and not to do it simply for Hashem. And so Yeshua is protecting against that idea of doing it for others as opposed to doing it he says for Hashem same, alone. He, he says things about fasting, you know, don't uh, appear to be fasting before others, but, you know, in, in terms of like an individual fast and, and some other topics as well. So it's just a, he, he kind of has it throughout his teachings, whatever you're doing to serve Hashem, you do it um, <clears throat> not to be seen by others. Yeah, so uh, that's really good. There's a few other things as well. Um, one thing I just sort of wanted to mention. Um, do we need to start again? Okay, okay. One of the things I wanted to mention um, here is this idea, all this applies to the realm of mitzvahs, but the realm of business dealings, he should humble himself before them and conduct himself with them beyond the letter of the law in all things, and this is a great mitzvah. So you go even beyond the keeping of the Torah, not just keeping the Torah according to the letter of the law, but going above and beyond, um, being generous and being humble with others. Um, so, um, give you one second. Do I have page 51? Yeah, page 51 at the bottom, right? Um, A certain king, a certain king was sitting on his throne. Before him were placed three chairs, one higher than the other, for seating by rank. Three nobles came before him and seated themselves, one higher than the other. Whereupon the king said to them, How did you dare seat yourselves thus without my permission? The highest one answered, My family is great pedigree. Uh, sat me above my fellows. The second answered, I went above the one below me because of my great wisdom. The third answered, the lowliness of my soul and the constriction of my heart sat me beneath them. Whereupon the king raised him up and exalted him above the others. In this respect it is written, Mishlei 25.7, for it is better that it be said to you, come up here than that you be lowered before the gracious one. And so this is uh, coming from, um, for, they don't mention actually a source of where it's from, so it's just Orcas that it came. Um, but it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting marshal or an interesting parable, if you will, uh, that seems to, um, it, that seems to correlate pretty well with a parable that Yeshua gave. And so compare this to the parable that Yeshua gives. 
Yeah, so when you are invited by someone to a wedding, don't take the seat of honor for someone more highly esteemed than you uh, than, <clears throat> than you may have been invited by him. And he goes on to talk about how um, you, if you seat in a higher place, you're going to be humiliated uh, if, if he asks you to move. So don't assume where you're going to be sat, but rather sit in the lowest seat, humbling yourself, showing humility. <clears throat> that way the the person who invited you to the wedding will raise you up just as in this story. So I have the, um, the whole story here. We, sorry, we didn't uh, put it out on this um, page that we had prepared, but I have it, do have it on my phone. So um, I'll, bring, I'll bring out the entire story so you can see even more of the similarities. Um, when you're invited by someone to a wedding, don't take the seat of honor for someone more highly esteemed than you may have been invited by him. Then the one who invited both of you will come to you and say, give up the seat. And with shame, you should proceed to take the lowest seat. But when you are invited to go and recline in the lowest seat, so that when the one who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you shall be honored in the presence of all those who are dining with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So he, um, so Yeshua teaches this story. He's teaching um, this idea that you should always um, think of others and treat others with respect, um, that you should uh, lower yourself, obviously not below the stature that you actually are. There's, there's a place and a time, and, and there's plenty of um, spots where Yeshua actually says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here to give this, this and uh, you, you need to listen to me. Um, but in this parable, he's teaching his disciples to always take the lower place so that Hashem can raise you up, um, that he will raise you up uh, if you take the lower seat. It's just incredibly interesting, the uh, co comparisons between the ways of Zedekim regarding pride and many of the things that Yeshua says um, and is recorded as saying. And so Yeshua was a master of Musar. He desired um, that we would work on our midot and uh, that we would flee from pride. Um, as it says um, in a book of one of the followers of Yeshua. Um, I'm pulling that up now as well. Um, he says, now the deeds of the flesh are clear sexual immorality, impurity, indecency idolatry, witchcraft, hostility, strife, jealousy, rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I'm warning you, just as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit God's kingdom. And so one of them is selfish ambition. Um, also in or Oracles of Zedekim, we didn't bring it out here, but it also talks about how lust is actually a result of pride, thinking that you um, deserve something that you do not deserve. And so all these teachings, um, Yeshua teaches against, and he teaches against pride. Do you have anything to add? No, I think I, I would just, I guess I would just add that we just really just touched the, a couple of things. It's quite an extensive chapter. So it's definitely good to, you can get it at any Judaica store. This is a pocket size, so it's easy to travel with. And there's a lot more that can be said for how Yeshua is connected with or Yeshua's teachings are connected with um, this chapter and all the following ones. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Chavez Chinam podcast. Please leave us a five-star review and share on your social media platforms. And if you would like to support our work, please visit our website at ahavaschanam.com and click the donate button at the top of the screen. Thank you.